Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Let's have a talk today about change and how change is sometimes necessary in regards to our financial stewardship. Now, looking back over my own personal life, I see how my financial stewardship has changed based on my employment, based on my income, based on my knowledge. Now, I'm not afraid to tell you that I have made a lot of mistakes in regards to financial stewardship. Even as a financial planner, I have made mistakes. While I was in the military, I'll tell you a funny story. One of my squad leaders, I was still, I think, a specialist in E4. I may have been an E5. And one of my my superiors uh, and I were sitting around one day, and he, he opens up his wallet, and he had seven or eight credit cards. And he had credit cards to Bass Pro and Cabela's and, and things. I'm like, holy smokes. You know, I had just come back from serving uh, almost four years overseas in the Republic of Panama. You know, we didn't use credit uh, in Central America. We went to the AFI shop ed or commissary. We didn't have credit or didn't have a use for credit cards. Uh, but coming back, I, I, I was stationed at Fort Devens, Massachusetts. And, and this gentleman's <laughs> uh, uh, portfolio of credit cards really intrigued me. I'm like, well, why do you have all those? He said, hey, they're easy to get. Now, I was probably 24 or 25 years of age. And I'm like, Cabela's a Bass Pro. I love to hunt and fish. I know I knew nothing about credit cards because I never had one. So he explained to me, and, I, and I, uh, to this day, I'm like, I wish I'd never met him. Because he ruined my life for several years by telling me how good credit cards were and how easy they were to get. And he was right. You know, as as an E5, I wasn't making a whole lot of money. You know, even married with a family and living off post, I, at the most I was making maybe $20,000 uh, annually. Uh, it, it just wasn't much. And I applied for these credit cards. Of, of course, the first one I applied for was Bass Pro. And then I think I applied for... Uh, Sears and J.C. Penney's, and and I bought a new refrigerator on my Sears card, and uh, you know just uh, several things. And, and he was right; I, credit cards were easy to get, no problem whatsoever. Well, what I didn't realize is how they were going to eat into my income. Now you may laugh and say, "Jay, you must have been an idiot." And I would—I'm here to tell you, yes, I was. <laughs> I, I just didn't think it through. I just thought. It's immediate gratification. I want something, I can use a credit card to get it. That's worldview. That's worldly ways. And it hasn't changed, right? People still have that mentality. But what I realized is is I had made a mistake after my entire paycheck was going for my rent of my apartment, my utilities, my car payment, my insurance payments, and then all the minimum payments on my credit cards. I didn't have a dime after that. I mean, I was broke you know, I was broke before that started. Now I've got all these minimum payments that I was making. There wasn't a chance that I could pay those credit cards off. Not a chance. Now, as I moved through, you know, I borrowed money from dad. I mean, it was just it was just a, a, a mess. Looking back at that, I thought, you know, that, that was a valuable lesson uh, to me. It was painful, 
but it was valuable because I don't believe in debt anymore other than possibly a mortgage. I, I just don't believe in debt. I, I would not borrow money on a depreciating asset, which is vehicles, cars, trucks, side-by-sides, four-wheelers, boats, depreciating asset. I would not borrow money on a depreciating asset. Now, I know many, if not most people, borrow money to buy a car. And I'm telling you, that is a bad idea. And I'll have many people argue with me, but you will lose that argument. You're borrowing money on a depreciating asset. And here, here's, listen, you know this because you, when you go to trade in that vehicle, it's probably worth less than what you owe on it, right? How many times have you done that? And then what they do is they, the, the disparity between what you owe and what it's worth, you add it to your next car whenever you trade this one in. And it just starts to snowball and eventually you got a vehicle that you owe so much money on and it's worth nothing. Right? It takes about two or three vehicles before you get into that position. And, but it happens and it'll happen to you unless you pay more or you pay quickly. But you know as well as I do that, that people are borrowing five years and six years on a vehicle now. If you could pay a car off in two years, I would probably say, okay, you could borrow money for two years. But you understand you're still borrowing money on depreciating asset. But this conversation today is about change. And that change was I learned that debt, especially non-secured debt, credit cards, revolving debt, uh, um, is is not a good thing. It, it's painful. And I can tell you right now, credit cards steal from God. You're paying 21%, 14% interest on a credit card. You're stealing from God. It, it takes away from what you could be giving. To serve the needy, serve the poor, serve the, the widows, serve the orphans, serve the sick, serve your church. The, that's fact. It steals from God. Credit cards steal from God. Debt steals from God. God told us to avoid debt. The borrower was slave to the lender. Why did he say that? Why was that in gospel? Why was that in scripture? Because it's true. You are beholden. You are beholden to the lender. Now, I've seen people borrow money from family, and, it, and I'm telling you right now, don't ever loan money to a family member because about 90% of the times it's going to create a problem. You know, Scripture says we shouldn't co-sign. How many of you have co-signed for or asked for your family member to co-sign for you? We're not supposed to co-sign. Why? Because it creates problems. God knew it was going to create problems. He knew that little Johnny, the grandson, when he asked Grandma to co-sign, wasn't going to make the payments, and Grandma's going to get mad at little Johnny. God knew that. Now, you may chuckle, but I'm dead serious. I just met with a woman last week that said, Jay, you know, my granddaughter didn't have uh, uh, credit, and I, I went down to the bank and co-signed for her. I said, well, if she didn't have credit, and the bank thought it was a really bad idea to loan her money, why would you think it's a good idea? And it was just dead silence. You know, you could hear the crickets and tree frogs. When you think of it like that, if, if the person that is asking you to co-sign can't get a loan, something is telling you that it's probably not a good idea. But that's part of change in our life. We, we realize that we've made mistakes. Unfortunately, you almost have to have credit in society today. If you want to rent a car, if you want to stay at a hotel, Many times, you have to have a credit card. You can't use a debit card. You have to have a credit card. You have to have a credit card to rent a car. You can't use a debit card. I learned that the hard way. But change is sometimes necessary. 
Once again, oftentimes necessary. The change that I see sometimes happens involuntarily. You know, on, a, on the average, people change jobs 10 times in a lifetime now. And what I see is every time people change jobs, they cash in their 401k. And maybe five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 in their 401k. And they make an a, 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 a agreement with themselves. I'll, I'll just cash that out. And pay off my debts, and then I'll I'll be free to save more money. Well, you'll you're, what's going to happen is you're going to accumulate more debt, and still not have anything for your later years, your retirement years, when you should be serving the kingdom without any uh, uh, worries about income or worries about debt. You're going to be in a bad place, and, and I'm telling you, I see it. I see it almost daily. When I ask the question, uh, you know, where have you worked before? Have you always worked at the same place? No. Well, I worked at you know XYZ company and I worked at ABC company. Well, what did you do with the retirement when you worked there? Well, I cashed it out and I paid off my credit cards. Or I paid off my house. Or I paid off my car. Ah, do you still have a car payment? Well, yeah, I traded that one in. Do you still have a house payment? Yeah, I took out a home equity loan. Do you still have credit card payment? Yeah, once I paid them off, I, I ran it up again going on uh, spring break last year. You see what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden when you hit 50 or 55, it becomes panic. And you run into my office and you say, Jay, I have no money. I'm like, well, what'd you do? Well, I spent it all. Yeah. What's going to happen? Well, you're going to have to learn to live on less when you're 65 years of age. You know, you may be making eighty dollars to $100,000 now, uh, uh, now annually, but you're going to have to change because what's going to happen is uh, Social Security is going to be significantly less than that and you have no retirement savings. Now, I use the word retirement because you understand retirement, but you understand retirement isn't mentioned in Scripture except the Church of Corinth. We should never retire from serving the kingdom. But we should have enough assets set aside that we can serve the kingdom without worries about income. It's just a play on words, but it's factual. So change. Do you need to make a change? Where are you at in your stewardship? Do you need to get rid of the, the, the worldly idea that debt is okay? That's change. Do you know how how content or free of worry you could be without debt? Number one cause for divorce in the United States today is what, folks? You know it. Money. It's the number one cause. How would you like to be 50 or 60 years of age or younger and have zero debt? Zero. That 100% of your income coming in is to pay your necessities, your food, your utilities, insurance, those types of things. And you still have about 70% of your check left to set aside for later years, to give to the kingdom, serve to the kingdom, to make charitable contributions now. Maybe help save for your, your grandchildren's college education. What a, it, what, what a liberating feeling Rather than being 50 years of age and you just refinanced a house or built a new house and you and you have a 20-year mortgage left, you're going to be 70 years of age, you have two car payments and you have nothing in your 401k, nothing in your IRA. Wow. Which one would you choose? No debt at age 50? Or a new mortgage, two car payments, and no 401k at age 50? People, is it too late for change? Never. Never too late for change. You got to get rid of that debt. Okay? You got to start saving. 
And as you're saving, you've got to get out of the worldly ways. The, worldly, the world says it's acceptable to use debt. It's acceptable to invest in things that are contrary to your beliefs as long as you're making money. That's what the world says. And I'm here to tell you that is a, a, a false sense of security because you're being disobedient when you do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll own this company. As long as I'm making money, it's okay. I've heard Christians say that. As long as I'm making money, I'm, I'm happy. I don't want to make a change. Even if, even if you're investing in companies that are murdering unborn children, using the fetal tissue for, for experimental uh, reasons, that, that's okay. Come on, people. I expect more of you. I really do. As believers, as, as, as fellow believers, I expect more of you. You should hold me to a high standard and I should hold you to a high standard. I'm not going to give you a free pass once, once you are aware. I'll give you a free pass when you don't know. But you don't get a free pass once you're made aware. Once you're made aware that you may be invested in things that are contrary to God's word. And you say, I don't care. I don't want to make a change. I've been making money. The last thing I want to do is turn over the apple cart. Ah, come on, people. Listen, change is good. Change is necessary. Change allows us to be obedient some people need just a little bit of change. Some people need a lot of change. I needed a lot of change. Because I went from making $20,000 a year to making uh, mid-six figures by the time I was 30. And I was a knucklehead. Four or five cars in my parking lot. I had three boats. New, <laughs> new house. I was making mistakes. I learned from those mistakes. Now I'm one of those people that... that it lectures the the cashier at the at the the clothing store a TJ Maxx or a, 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 a Ross's or a Burlington Coat Factory and they say hey well you can save twenty percent today if you just apply for a credit card and I say hey you know who you're talking to <laughs> you're talking to a guy that's been doing radio for the last twelve or thirteen years telling people to avoid the use of debt because it is is not biblical. And I kind of get that deer in the headlights look. But I, you know what I do? I say it loud enough so that everyone in line behind me can hear it. And you know how many conversations have been initiated because I say that? It's not the cashier's fault. They're told to say that. They're told to ask. My own daughter worked at a retail store. And she told me the objective is to get as many people as possible to use credit cards. So, I mean, it's not a secret. Listen, if you got to use a credit card... If you got to use a credit card to buy your clothes, you're shopping at the wrong store, right? My mom was appalled the other day when I told her I bought a lot of my clothes on eBay. She said, are you buying used clothes? I said, yep, <laughs> I sure am. There ain't nothing wrong with them clothes. Why would I go down and pay $140 for a shirt when I can get it for 6 bucks on eBay? See, I like, t- I like uh, uh, Tommy Bahama shirts. I love them. And I've been to the Tommy Bahama stores all over the United States. The one at the Opry Mills in Nashville, Tennessee. I love Tommy Bahama clothes. And I literally, one of the, the shirts I bought was 140 bucks. It's a beautiful shirt. And then I found that same shirt on eBay for 6 bucks. I'm like, Jay, you are an idiot. Gently used, right? So if I could do it, you could do it. Once again, all it takes a little change. Listen, let's have a conversation about it. It's actually a very, very good conversation to have. Regardless of where you're at in your life. Becoming a better steward, becoming an obedient steward 
will teach you all of the things that that kind of get you in trouble. Okay? Will lead you down the wrong path. I'm telling you, the world will get will get you in trouble. The world will lead you down the wrong path. Gospel, scripture in regards to financial stewardship opens the door for contentment. Listen, let's talk about it. I want to have a I, I want to have a one-on-one conversation with you. I, I really do. And I just told you my mistakes. So don't think that I'm going to be judgmental. Okay? Because I was a knucklehead. I mean, I, I like a like major numero uno knucklehead in regards to the misuse of debt when I was younger. I, I did. I made mistakes. Learn from them. Let me help you. Whether it's it's avoiding those things that are contrary to your beliefs and how you invest your money, whether it's it's maybe giving you a little advice on on how to to actually purchase a vehicle without using debt. Buying Christmas without using credit cards, those kind of things. Let's have that conversation. If you would like for me to come to your church, I listen. I travel. I speak. I you know as an evangelist, uh, I would love to come talk to your congregation about stewardship. That, that listen, they're not they're not getting it from anywhere else, right? You're not getting this kind of information from anywhere else. You may get some of this debt avoid the use of debt conversation and some of these other talk show hosts, right? But you ain't going to get it like you get it from me. Promise you that. Just not the same. Uh, you know, God put me on a unique path in my life. Uh, and and when I deliver a message, it'll be one you remember. Because I bring stories into it that, that very few people could tell. So listen. If you're if you're a, a member of a church and you say, Hey, Pastor, I, I heard this guy on the podcast. And let's have him come in and talk to the congregation. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Kingdom Plan Advisory Group is the name of the company. You can find our contact information on on KingdomPlanAdvisory.com. KingdomPlanAdvisory.com. You can call me at 888-226-7614. That's 888-226-7614. Easiest thing is to shoot me a message. Um, Facebook page, Kingdom Plan Plan Advisory. Uh, Shoot me a message and... and, uh, See if I can help you out. Let me see if I can help you. And and you've got to be willing to accept help. All right? Without fear of, of being judged. I can't judge you. Who am I to judge? I definitely can't cast the first stone. All right? So let's have a conversation. God bless you. And, and listen, be willing to accept change. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit KingdomPlanAdvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.